If you're generating your own leads, you're probably sabotaging yourself. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today, I'm joined by Joe Herrera. Now, Joe brings a unique flavor to today's show because he's been a lead conversion coach for over 10 years. He's generated over 10,000 leads per year and closing about 1,000 units per year. His team, Joe Taylor Group, has expanded to seven locations in North America, but really doesn't stop there because Joe is also a coach and mentor, not only a lead generator, but also a fellow podcast host. And he's the associate broker of Real Broker LLC. Now, I am going to plug his podcast because it's one that you definitely want to go out and check out. It's called Team Leader Academy Podcast. And through his podcast, he aims to inspire other industry professionals by shining light on personal experience that help really, really push real estate agents to success in their lives. Now, if that wasn't enough, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) he's also a keynote speaker for Momentum Mastermind, Curator Excellence, Chicago Title, and Fidelity Title. Woo! I'm out of breath after that introduction, (laughs) Joe. That was awesome. (laughs) Hey, thanks for coming on the show. I'm super excited to have you. Oh, no, I'm glad to be here. You know, um, I really love the topics we're going to talk about today because we're going to be diving into lead generation. We're going to be diving into exactly what to say, how to say, and why you're saying it. And topic number three is going to be, we're going to be talking about team expansion because after all, my friend, you are in seven different locations within North America. So I can't wait to see and hear how you've actually done it because that's no small undertaking. But before we find out what that looks like. Take us back to day one. Give us a little bit of context. Tell us how you got started in real estate and how did you create such a long, amazing rap sheet? Yeah, so in uh, in the year 1998, I took two years out of my life and, and participated. I, I was a missionary for two years. And when I came home, I was 21, did not have college education, wanted to make a lot of money, met a girl that I fell in love with, wanted to get married and raise a family. And so as I saw it, I really wanted to be a personal injury attorney, but I didn't want to pay the price. I didn't want to, uh, the, the barrier of entry is so high. So I saw insurance as an option. I saw real estate as an option. Insurance had the residual nature that I think people are attracted to with insurance. You get a paycheck every month, no matter what. And real estate had the, the big ticket benefits of, you know, when you sell an expensive house, you get a a big check. So it was 2001 at this point, I got my real estate license and uh, started started selling houses. The first house I ever sold, I knocked uh, doors and the second door I knocked on, the person answered, I had no script. I just basically said, hi, my name's Joe. I'm a real estate agent. Have you thought about selling your home? Uh, you know, in the next couple of months or whatever. And the guy said, actually, I, I, you know, I am thinking of selling it. So I, I listed the second door I ever knocked on, um, did a little bit of everything. We did magazine ads, we did radio commercials, we did billboards. In 2005, I, I brought on a buyer's agent by the name of Taylor Prince. 
He was super talented. And after about six months, we decided to partner up and form the Joe Taylor group. Um, the recession hit. We lost almost everything. Uh, but we got, you know, we, the government contract to help the city of Las Vegas purchase houses. We got REO contracts. And so we were doing for, you know, selling uh, foreclosures, made it through the recession. Um, 2010 started a tech company outside the real estate space, partnered with people like Shaquille O'Neal and Adam Carolla and, and uh, Los Angeles Clippers doing some really cool stuff. Taylor kept the real estate stuff going while I was geeking out on that. Um, got back into real estate in 2014, full-time. Um, took my lesson from the social media world into lead generation. Really kind of cracked the code on, on convertible leads from Facebook. So from 2014 until now, so that's eight years. I mean, we've done, we generated probably 100,000 leads through social media. Um, our team now exists in Vegas, Vegas, Arizona, California, uh, Utah, Caroline, uh, Carolina, Tennessee, DC, Colorado. So anyways, we've expanded into a whole bunch of different markets and we've now gotten into where we're in a sense, white labeling our marketing stuff where we're doing uh, running ads on behalf of other agents on their social media platforms in seven or eight different markets. Uh, right now, we just started that a month ago. So we're kind of starting to geek out on, for lack of a better term, selling leads. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, our, our team is still based in Vegas. I'm still based in Vegas. I end up traveling a lot. We transitioned a year and a half ago. We owned our independent brokerage. We transitioned over to Real Broker, which is an international um, uh, revenue share-based company. So we transitioned with 90 agents. We now have a network of 1,500 agents. So a lot of my time is spent, if not working on the lead generation side for my team, it's spent mentoring and coaching the agents in our network. To, you know, it's the end of 2022 is crazy. So. I am so glad I didn't have to do all of that in the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It is amazing. So um, do you remember really what your first year looked like in real estate? Like how many transactions you've actually done? Um, so let me think. My first full year, I probably did seven or eight transactions. Um, I remember my second year in real estate was the first time I ever made six figures. I made $120,000. A lot of it was because I sold a million dollar house and made 35,000 and whatever it was. And I remember at the time, one of my clients said like, um, he was a family friend and he asked me how much I had made. And I told him, I think it was 125,000. And he just said, wow, now that you've made a hundred thousand, you'll never not make a hundred thousand again in your life. And um, it's, it's held true. Obviously now six figures doesn't mean nearly as much as to me now as it did when I was uh, it used to, right? Yeah. When I was 22, I mean, it was, it was astronomical. Um, my family, my family are not entrepreneurs. My dad worked for the phone uh, company installing phone services. Um, so, you know, I'm the first, first millionaire in my family for sure. So a lot of it has been pioneering, but my first year, I think I probably made $60,000, seven or eight transactions. And then my second year, I probably did 15 transactions, made 120,000. And then every year after that has been growth, you know, either either little growth or big growth, but it's been growth ever since then. 
I love it. So you come very much so from a similar world that I have. Um, when I got into real estate first, I was, you know, doing photo video, quickly transitioned into marketing and doing lead generation, which is our first topic, right? Cracking the code on lead generation is the lifeline of your business. It doesn't matter yeah. whether it's lead generation through open houses, door knocking, cold calling, whatever. In your case, it seems to be internet online lead generation, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a firm believer that a full-time real estate agent needs to needs to have a, any anywhere between 30 to 40 lead opportunities a month. That's contactable in from in individuals that they talk to. So to your point, it could be an open house. It could be um, that they, you know, their, their spouse runs the local PTO organization and you throw a dinner once a month or whatever it is. You need to have 30 to 40 people who are at least curious about real estate on a monthly basis in order to close, you know, 25 plus transactions a year. If you're putting in full effort, you know, and, 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 you know, showing up to play every day. So for us, every time we onboard an agent lead, the lead responsibility we have to them is 30 to 40 leads per month. And so now we've got a hundred agents in Las Vegas on our lead program and another 50 or hundred agents nationwide. So if you, if you take that number, the, the 200 agents, we have a massive responsibility lead wise to generate leads for those individuals. Not all of them qualify because some of them aren't willing to work. But, but the point is you, you've got to have, you've got to have enough opportunities on a monthly basis to generate enough conversations, to set enough appointments, to write enough offers, to put enough deals in escrow, to close enough deals. So for us, that the magic number is 30 to 50. We do it through Facebook or Instagram. We generate Zillow quality leads at about a 10th of the cost of what Zillow charges. All of our leads are contactable. So um, the easiest thing in the world for me to do is create force registration leads through Facebook, but it's a really quick way to burn out our agents. So if you're a team leader and you need to generate leads for your agents, you go through this phase of like, well, let me just make their phone ring with, with leads. A lot of times those forced registration leads are just going to burn your agent out. And so we learned the hard way that if we really want to have our agents successful over the long term, we have to give them warm leads that are contactable. So that's, that's our focus right now is when we hand off a lead to an agent, it's somebody that they can actually get a hold of that has some intention to do business. And if we give an agent 30 to 40 of those opportunities a month, the conversion rate's around 5%. It's interesting. So help us define for everybody who doesn't know the online lead generation lingo, what's the difference between a forced lead and a warm lead? So most of what you see on social media is force registration. It comes in a different, a couple of different formats. It's either click this link to get more info. And then when people click a link, people have to put their name and in, in, in information in there. That's what we used to do. Um, or there's lead ads. Facebook has built out a lead program for people like marketers where you could put some bait information on there. When somebody clicks more info, their information auto-populates and then they submit it to send to a realtor. Um, that's force registration. Google PPC is all force registration. Um, yes. Pretty much Zillow is force registration. Like they're, they, you get to a, a paywall on most real estate websites where after viewing three or four properties, something clicks up to say, hey, to continue to view more properties, fill out your information. 
force registration. Mm -hmm. Everything we do is very human in that we have an inside sales agent in our office that when somebody inquires on a property through comments, uh, messages, whatever, they engage with that individual to get their contact information from them directly um, via a conversation. So that process warms up that lead to the point to where there is no reason for them at that point to give us their false information because they're already talking to a human being. And so like when we hand that off to our agents, for us, we define that as warm. They're not pre-qualified. They haven't talked to a lender, but they've indicated an intent. Uh, They want information on properties and they give us their contact information directly. So the contact rate is like 95%. So 95% of the leads we hand out when an agent picks up the phone to call them or text them, the person responds in the affirmative that it is them. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. Very interesting. So how do you actually get their information initially if you are... Are you running lead ads? Are you running people to a funnel? Are you running them to an IDX website? No, we use we use either Facebook or Instagram Messenger. So somebody will oh, inquire okay. inquire on a property, and we have you know either bots or whatever that is, somebody will comment on a post that we put out, and they'll say, you know, I wonder how much this is. So they get a message from us through Facebook that'll say, Hey, thanks for you know requesting information about this property. Uh, you know, let me send you over some details. And then they'll say, well, just tell me how much it is. And so then our human picks up and starts taking the conversation from there. So we use Facebook or Instagram Messenger as, as a mode of contact. It's interesting because you're one of the only people that I know that have went all in on Messenger and like using automation tools like ManyChat and guys, mm-hmm. if this is the first time you're hearing about this, this is why we do this podcast, right? <laughs> um because most people do the forced registration, myself included, aka you click, you have to submit the form. On the back end, we have some type of automation. We also have an ISA that picks up the phone, smiles and dials and tries to make communication or contact. From there, what we do is we do either a life transfer or we book an appointment with the agent. We all know the conversion on that is when you said 30 to 50, I'm like, try like 100 uh, or 120, (laughs) right? Because now we have to do a lot more volume to make up for this. It's very interesting that when you're sending people to Messenger, you are getting a little bit of a higher engagement and you're getting, I guess, do you find that you're filtering out based on intent or why, why do you think that is the case? I mean, I I generally will let people filter out themselves. I think once they're talking to a human being, they have much less incentive to lie. Like it's easy to lie to a robot. It's easy to, like even on a lead form, when it pops up, it shows you your information. You could change your email address. You could take out a letter. You could change your phone number, you know, because really what they're just wanting to see is the information. So you, you force them through like an emotional paywall. It's not a real paywall, but it's an emotional paywall where they have to commit to sending you their info. With us, they're already communicating with a human being. So I think the the percentage of times where they tell us incorrect information once they're already conversing with us is less than 5%. So I think that's part of the process. Now, it's it's more expensive because we're paying human beings 
it's really easy to get someone to fill out a lead form. But the problem is, it's not that you can't still get to the gold that way. It's just you're adding in so much more dirt. I think, if anything, you know, I, I'm a big fan of uh, the show Gold Rush. And the difference between force registration and warm leads is we basically hand, if you, if you think of like when they go out and they, they, they compile all the dirt in a big pile before they run it through the machines, that is force registration. It's that big pile of dirt sitting there pre-machine. Yeah. What we, our agents is still like a muddy uh, mess, a concentrate, but the percentage of that concentrate that is actually gold is much higher on percentage than what the big pile of dirt is. So we've just kind of advanced the system along where rather than giving our agents dirt, we give them concentrate and that concentrate becomes a, lo a lot higher conversion rate. I, lo I love that analogy because even if you don't know anything about mining gold, you have the uh, idea of the amount of dirt versus concentrate that you have. And that's one of the biggest things that we were just talking off, 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 you know, before we started rolling the show, our biggest struggle, I should say not all, my biggest struggle is I'm pounding the pavement, I'm calling leads and maybe out of a hundred, one percent, quote unquote, convert, right? Over right. a 90 period of time. So then I am debating my existence for the other 89 <laughs> days, whether I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, or I'm just absolutely fucking insane for doing this and putting myself through right. the pain. And then I find myself avoiding it. Right. Right. Meanwhile, you know, we all know our CPL for all the newbies in the room. Don't worry. It means cost per lead, maybe a little bit cheaper. I mean, I don't know where you, where you are as far as CPL goes. I'm assuming the different markets are going to vary a little bit. But running lead gen in just about every single market, excluding Hawaii or Alaska, lead ads are going to run you probably right now between four to 10 bucks, depending on how dialed you're in and whether you're using high volume or higher intent, right? On the messages, are you seeing that your front end CPL is higher or lower? Yeah, so we're we're probably ten dollars, uh, not factoring in the human component, just ad spend. If I spend, yeah, well, the, the ISA is the ISA, right? You're going to pay them right. either way. Yeah, if I spend two hundred dollars, I'll get about twenty leads. Wow! And out of so, those twenty, how many do you think will end up to a real warm conversation, speaking with an agent? Oh, all 20, I mean, 19 or 18 will speak to an agent. Um, wow. So what we focus on is, um, so what I'm obsessed with is cost per conversion. So cost per lead. Yeah, well, that's is, what I was going to next, right? Because I think of when, when we're talking about online advertising, you have to know your cost per lead, your cost per contact, then your cost per appointment then your cost per buyer's consultation and ultimately your cost per conversion, aka your right. ultimate client acquisition cost, right? Which is for you, it's CPC, cost per conversion. Yeah, so our cost per conversion for our agents that convert is somewhere in the realm of 200 to $250 because wait, wait, our wait. leads... <laughs> what? Yeah. So our leads convert... Yeah, our leads converted about a 5% clip for agents that, 
will really work our system. So in our world, you have three different types of agents. Our, our number one lead converters convert one out of every 17 leads they're given. The, the 17 leads they're given cost us about $170. Then there's a, there's a, a group of agents that'll convert four to five percent. So one out of every 20 to 24 leads that they're given. And then there's the group that never convert a single lead. So I choose to remove that never convert a single lead. I treat each agent yeah. as its own metric. So like our top agents convert one out of 17. Our, our good producing agents will convert one out of 20 to 25. And then a lot of agents will never convert any. So like I'm just obsessed. But one of the things you said brought up a really good point, which is we've compartmentalized and we've we've separated lead generation, lead, lead assignment and lead conversion. They're three different roles because if lead conversion and lead generation is the same role, you will hijack yourself. And so you said like you start to question your existence, yes. then you probably don't call that. So like if if I know on a given day I can generate 30 leads early on in the process, if I'm the lead converter, I'll be excited. Like, oh, awesome. I just, I just created 30 opportunities. But as my life gets busier, I will, I will hijack the process. So I'll either like sabotage lead conversion or I will slack on lead or lead generation or I'll slack on lead conversion because I don't want to create, no one wants to create massive amount of work for themselves. And so we do lead generation as one department. Lead distribution is another department and lead conversion is another department. So like the agents converting our leads don't have an option on lead flow. They can't sabotage their own lead flow. And so it's, it's really important for us to, um, it's really important for us to make sure that we separate those roles so that our agents aren't like set. So if you're, if you're generating your own leads, you're probably sabotaging yourself, I guess it's long story short. Yeah. And, and listen, we could probably make a whole podcast out of, you know, the, the flow, the lead generation and, and what that looks like. So before we move on to topic two, ultimately, lead generation is a way of life. It's very impressive that you can take a model that was broken, quote unquote, for so long and turn it into something that is a cash cow producing machine. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 